It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The game of the week in the Pac-12 is also the game of the week in all of college football. Oregon State hosting Washington, though college game day doesn't think so. Hmm. Well, I had thoughts the other day on that. So what's on the line for the Beavs and the Huskies here? You are locked on Pac-12, your daily podcast on the Pac-12 Conference. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Locked On Pack 12. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin. Thank you so much for making this your first listen or your first view of the day. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, and your number one source to stay up to date with our media rights and soon to be mostly team free, but until then, beloved and loaded conference of champions. Like, comment, subscribe, rate, review, please, and thank you wherever you listen to or watch the show, which today is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's all it takes. That's $150. If your team wins, visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. So storylines, props to a couple of members of the College Game Day crew. They deserve it. And Jake Dicker, an interesting conversation that began on X, the site formerly known as Twitter yesterday. So let's start with storylines this week. Oregon State hosting Washington. Lots on the line here. Oregon State has never been to a Pac-12 championship game. And in this version of the conference as we know it, we know not exactly as I record this show what's going to come of the decision in, in court today. I'll have more for you on that on uh, tomorrow's show once everything you know kind of uh, settles and whatnot. But Oregon State, in the 13 years now this conference has existed in its current form, Oregon State's never been to the conference championship game. They do still have the ability to get there. Does everybody realize that? I don't know if everybody realizes that because everyone is assuming they aren't going to beat both Washington and Oregon. They could maybe win one. They couldn't possibly win both. It would be a heck of a way to end the Pac-12, though, for the Beavs. So the Beavs are currently sitting at this point in time in conference play with a record that consists of two losses. They're five and two. So they have Washington this week, they're a two-and-a-half-point favorite, and Oregon next week. They'll be a pretty solid underdog in Eugene next week, but they're capable of winning that football game if they play at their best. But they got to get through the Huskies first. And so in the broader context of what's happening in college football and realignment and Oregon State wanting to prove to the world that what is happening to them is not just wrong but also absurd on its face because of how good of a football team they are, That is kind of the underlying subplot that exists for the Beavers that Oregon State fans are probably aware of as they go into this matchup with Washington. I was texting with a friend the other day, and he said, what a time where Oregon State is favored over an unbeaten top five team in the country. Remember what this program was when Jonathan Smith took it over? I'll summarize it for you. A catastrophe. It was a catastrophe of a program. It is not that anymore. It is the exact opposite. It is well run. They are well coached. They are a good team. And they are a couple plays away in two different games from still having a shot at the college football playoff. But alas, here we are. Got the wins against Utah and UCLA. Lost to Washington State and Arizona. They get either of those games. It's an even different narrative. But still, 
if Oregon State goes out and wins this game, that is going to be an even greater statement to the rest of the college football world of, do you understand how insane this is? You're hyping up Washington, justifiably so, of course, as a national title contender, and we just beat them. That makes quite a statement. That leaves an impression. In addition to the fact that they've never won the Pac-12, never even been to the conference title game before, and they have to win to keep their hopes alive. If they don't win, it's over. It's over. They cannot get into the Pac-12 title game, cannot go to Las Vegas if they lose this football game. So I think there's plenty on the line here for the Bees, even though they can't make the playoff. They can still accomplish a great deal. And remember, Oregon State, in the context of all this realignment nonsense, is, along with Washington State, I think going to operate in a way that sets themselves up for the best possible shot at getting re-included into a Power Four conference when the next round of realignment comes, which is probably somewhere closer to the end of the decade, right? Five, six, seven years down the road. And winning this game, yeah, it would absolutely help in some capacity. A lot, maybe not, but can it do something for you? Yeah, yeah, I'd, I, I'd argue that it can. So I think all of that is readily available. Flip to the other side, Washington. Washington is 10-0, and and up to this point, full disclosure, as I record the show, it's before the college football playoff rankings have come out. It's just the way that my schedule's worked. I'm traveling with Southern Utah men's basketball, go T-Birds. So recording this before the game later tonight. Washington to this point, and I expect them to be again, even though they shouldn't be. They should be inside the top four ahead of Florida State. I don't know that they will be. They have been the most disrespected undefeated team. They've been the lowest ranked undefeated team up until this point. Now, if Washington goes in and beats a top 10, 11, 12 Oregon State team, depending on which poll you look at, on the road, a place where the Beavs have lost just once in the last two seasons, yeah. I'm going to go with this is the third season, by the way. So really, they've lost once in the last uh, few years. I'm going to go with that should get you more street cred, so to speak. Then, hmm, who does Florida State play this week? Oh, that's right. It's someone in Southern Utah's conference. They're playing North Alabama. That's a joke. And they should be punished for it. Will they? We'll see. Time will tell. But Washington has the ability, if they go in and win this game, especially if they were to do so comfortably, if they were to play their best possible game and get their best possible outcome, we'll talk about a range of outcomes for all six Pac-12 games tomorrow on the show, as has been the case for the last several weeks. I believe that Washington is going to make, or would make rather, a heck of a statement to the point where you'd go, oh, okay, can't disrespect Washington anymore. Got to overlook the Arizona State and Stanford games because they went on the road and beat a top 10, 11, 12 team, depending on where the Beavs end up falling in, in the rankings there. Now, if Washington loses the game, I worry about what could happen for the Pac-12's playoff hopes here in 2023. I worry about them because of something I talked about a couple of weeks ago, and that is a potential Alabama problem. There is a very real possibility the Pac-12, either Oregon or Washington, could run into an Alabama problem. How could that happen? Pretty simply, as a matter of fact. 
eBay Motors keeps it simple when you're talking about building a championship team. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP, MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, we keep rolling here. If Washington loses, Oregon State will assuredly, I would hope, if they're not already, be a top 10 team the following week. And if Washington loses on the road, it is my belief they should not be punished for that. Because presently, Texas's one loss is on a neutral site to Oklahoma, who is ranked in this hypothetical world in which Washington loses on Saturday below Oregon State. Therefore, based on the committee's own rankings, the Washington loss on the road against a higher-ranked team would have to be taken as a better loss, which clearly matters to the committee as well, as it should, than Texas losing on a neutral site to a lower-ranked Oklahoma team. That's what I would like to think would happen, is Washington win or lose should be the number five team no matter what, or number four team. Well, it should be number four. But if they fall to number five because of the loss, all right, so be it. Washington should not fall out of the top five with a loss here. They, they should not. Because what would then have to happen, based on how the committee is treated head-to-head, -head, correctly, by the way, is if Washington fell out of the top five, Oregon, who's going to beat Arizona State in Tempe this week, would have to fall behind, presumably, at least Texas, if not Alabama. Because Texas's win at Alabama is, but you see how subjective and messy this can get? So everything stays a lot clearer and a lot more, I think, obvious, which is a good thing for Oregon and Washington, if Washington wins. If Oregon State wins, that's a big decision for the committee to make. Let's say, right, Florida State is not going to lose to North Alabama. We know that. So they're going to improve to 11-0. Let's say Washington loses, and as a result, Oregon State gets bumped up to one slot behind Alabama, and they get to be the number nine team in the country. Think about the resumes you would then be comparing. This would get really, really murky. Alabama's one loss is at Texas. Texas's one loss is on a neutral site against a two-loss Oklahoma team. Texas owns the head-to-head -head with Alabama. So until Texas loses a second game, you cannot put Texas behind Alabama. And until Oregon loses a second game or Washington loses a second game, you cannot put Washington behind Oregon. So there's a world in which Washington loses and they stand pat. There's also a world that I can readily foresee because we all know 
We, we, we all see it. We've seen it for a long time. There's a bias in college football in the broader narrative landscape against the West Coast. It's happened quite a few times. SEC bias, big brand bias. These are not made up fictions of frustrated fans. These are very real things that have tangibly played out in the college football world for many decades. It's the way it is. I don't like it. A lot of other people don't like it. But you also have to recognize that's what it is. If Washington loses, would the committee really drop them below Texas? Because if they're below Texas, Oregon has to be behind Washington. So anyway, it just gets really messy. And Washington can avoid all that if they win and solidify themselves in the eyes of, I think, the college football world and hopefully the college football playoff committee as the college football playoff and national champion championship contender that they truly are. So that's what's on the line for both those teams. Quite a bit. Big stakes. Big game. Going to be an awesome crowd. I saw somewhere that they are trying to basically check with the fire marshal to say how many people can we pack into the newly renovated Reeser Stadium. It's the last Pac-12 game, as we know it, at Reeser Stadium. And college game day is going to James Madison, which frustrates me. But I have to give props here. I have to give props. I ripped the college game day production, shall we say. I'll clarify in just a moment on Monday's episode of this podcast with good reason. Their decision to go to the Jonas Brothers and James Madison is stupid. I would like to come on here and give full credit to one guy who I've admired my whole life and another guy who I'm not a fan of. Kirk Herbstreet is the first guy. Pat McAfee is the second guy. So McAfee actually did a much more in-depth response on his show about going to Corvallis, and he made it pretty darn clear. You can go watch the clip. It's flying around everywhere. He made it really clear. Yeah, I wanted to go to Corvallis. I, I thought we should have been there. It would have been awesome. Oregon's beautiful this time of year, which it is. You know, there is rain in the forecast on Saturday and whatnot, but uh, details, details. So he made it clear that, oh, yeah, I think we should have gone there or I wanted to go there. And I saw that and went, props to you, Pat. Props to you. Kirk Herbstreet tweeted out, I'm going to be on the call for the game. It's awesome. Not my call. So both of them in admitting pretty clearly, I'd say. You can go read Herb Street's tweet. You know what? I'll pull it up. I'll pull it up right now. I'll pull it up right now. Uh, just so I can read exactly what what he said about it. But he uh what he he was in support of the idea that they probably should have been at uh at Oregon State, because everybody knows they should be at Oregon State. At least Josh Pate is going there, right? The once upon a Saturday tour is making a trip to Corvallis, Oregon. As they absolutely should. So, at least there's something there. Oregon State fans, go go show Josh Pate some love. He, he has absolutely, definitely deserved it uh, from Oregon State fans who, you know, have been through the ringer in a way that they do not deserve. But Josh Pate has been a fan of uh, of, of Oregon State. I'm not able to find the tweet right now. Um, yeah, it might be in there somewhere, but, uh, oh yeah, here it is. So, uh, a Beaver fan said, really wish you were coming to Corvallis. Yes. You would have had to face some criticism, but with everything Oregon state has been through this year, it's a great story. Very short-sighted move. 
Kirk said, quote, I'll be there to call the game on ABC. Can't wait to get there and agree. Would have been a wild scene for college game day. Not my call, period. I don't know about you, but when I tweet something or text something and I put a period at the end of it, it's an expression of dissatisfaction or frustration or emphasis. And he put that period at the end of the sentence, not my call. And as I scroll through some other tweets from Kirk Herbstreet, he does not put a period at the end of every sentence. So this was a decision made by the higher ups, not the college game day crew, two of whom at the very least recognize we should have been in Corvallis. And this goes back to the nameless, faceless cowards at ESPN who made this absurd decision that don't have to face a smidge of public criticism because they can hide behind the wonderful, beautiful cloak of anonymity. Anonymity. I sound like Finding Nemo trying to say, oh boy, anemone. Anemone? Yeah. They're hiding. They're not going to come out of the woodwork and be like, it was me. I made the call. Nope. We're not going to know who they are. Maybe there's some internet sleuths that listen to or watch this show because, you know, it's the internet. Maybe you guys can figure it out. Who would make such a decision? Who would make such a foolhardy, short-sighted, ignorant, disrespectful move like that? That even his or her own crew is calling out as being wrong. Props to McAfee. Props to Herb Street. And shame on you nameless, faceless ESPN executive that made this cowardly decision. So that's enough for that, I think, for now. But Josh Pate will be there. Why? Because Josh Pate loves college football. And ESPN executives apparently do not. Too bad. Uh, a couple thoughts. The hearing is ongoing, by the way, as I record uh, this particular podcast. I'll have thoughts and reactions on uh, tomorrow's show once everything kind of settles out. But just a couple closing thoughts on the matter. I continue to lean towards a decision that not everyone's really talking about right now. But I would love for Oregon State and Washington State to be the Pac-2 for one year. Have it be a throwaway kind of year. And then in 2025, build the best group of five conference you can. I, I don't know that that's the direction they're going to go. Might depend on how much money they're going to be entitled to as a result of the lawsuit. Because if it's a lot, they could help facilitate things like exit fees or you know, media rights payments. I don't, I don't know. Comcast payments, like every, everything like that is all going to depend on what happens in the hearing and such. But the idea of building a conference that's Oregon State, Washington State, the best of the Mountain West and the best of the American that you could cobble together. Like five Mountain West schools and three American schools. Again, the objective for Oregon State and Washington State here has to be in the long run to get an invite to the Big 12 or the ACC, which sounds ridiculous. Big 12 is more likely, but that's the world we've got right now. So with that in mind, I think you want to build the best conference you can. And, and whatever the outcome is here for, for, for this decision in court, I continue to think that that's a highly intriguing option. It might be the least stable one is why it might not come to fruition. That, that, that is the reason we might not see it happen, but we got to let, let this stuff play out. I just had a you know, couple thoughts there that I wanted to share. A couple thoughts on Jake Dickert as well. A fascinating conversation. How should Washington State fans feel about Jake Dickert? 
I know how you all should feel about FanDuel because that's America's number one sports book. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, which is the top sports book in these United States of America. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any $5 money line bet that wins. That's it. Go bet Florida State over North Alabama. A shame of a college football game to play in week 12 of the season. But guess what? $5 on the money line there, you get $150 if Florida State wins. How about that? If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use. It's got a great interface, and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on, kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Okay, so a conversation began on X, formerly known as Twitter, yesterday. And I, I, I read it, I saw, and I thought it was really interesting. And the two of you who were going back and forth in uh, my mentions, which you're always welcome to hop into, by the way, for mailbag questions, YouTube comments, or Twitter at smalls underscore 55 or at LO underscore pack 12 DMs and mentions wide open on uh, both accounts there. The question that was driving this particular conversation, and most Twitter conversations are dumb, ignorant, short-sighted, malicious, all this sort of stuff. This wasn't one of those, okay? This was, a, this was a good one, and why I'm bringing it up here on the show. They didn't specifically ask me to, but I just thought it was such a good conversation that, eh, let's bring it up. How should Washington State fans feel about Jake Dickert right now? Because by any objective measure, it feels bad to be a Washington State fan at the moment. And they play Colorado at home on Friday. I think they're going to snap their losing streak in that particular game. But the Cougs started 4-0 this year. This is the body of work that Jake Dickert has put together. Remember, this is his second full season. He took over as the interim in the 2021 year. And so he spent about two and a half years uh, at the helm by the time this season comes to a close. So to begin this year, the Cougars were 4-0 with ranked wins over Wisconsin and Oregon State both at home. They rose to number 13 in the AP poll, which is their highest, I believe, since the Mike Leach days when they got all the way up to number eight in the college football playoff rankings. They beat Wisconsin two years in a row, right? Not just this year, but last year as well. Two different coaching staffs, and they were able to beat Wisconsin, which is a historically respected Big Ten team. Those are landmark wins for Jake Dickert to have been able to achieve as Washington State's head coach. Since that 4-0 start, it's been an utter disaster. They've had games where they play poorly on defense, like this past week against Cal. They've had games where they play poorly on offense, like UCLA and uh, the week prior against Stanford at home. That was a bad, bad loss against Stanford, 10-7. Yikes. Six straight losses, including losses to Stanford, Cal, and Arizona State, who, who by the way, outside of their wins against Washington State combined, have won three Pac-12 games. So they have lost to the bottom dwellers and are sitting in that area of the conference right now. Jake Dickert, since he became Washington State's head coach, is 14 and 15. He went three and three in 2021 as the interim, had Washington State playing for a chance to win the Pac-12 North, by the way. Went three and one in Pac-12 play that, that year when he was the head coach. The only loss at Oregon, a team that played in the Pac-12 championship game. Not exactly a horrible loss to lose at Odson Stadium. The last two seasons, Jake Dickert is 5-10 against the Pac-12, 2-0 against Wisconsin. I look at this situation, and I like Jake Dickert, 
right? Not on a personal level. That's the wrong way of looking at it. But on a human level, every time I tweeted this out the other day, because he got emotional talking about Brandon Jackson, one of the guys who came back for a sixth season with the Cougs this year, didn't go the way they wanted it to. But I respect the heck out of those guys for staying in Pullman, staying committed to the program, and and and, and not transferring, not going anywhere else, not chasing an IL or, or anything like that, which we've seen a lot of guys do. Every time he steps to the podium, I like what he says. I think he's honest. I think he's open. I think he likes where he is. I think he loves Washington State. I really do. I don't ever get the sense from him that he's got one foot out the door. When his name was tied to the Michigan State job, I think he shut down the rumors pretty emphatically, and I don't think he's going anywhere. Could he? Maybe. Probably not after a six-game losing streak, though. So his win totals in the first two-plus seasons, three and three, seven and six last year, and four and six so far this year. They have to win their last two to make a bowl game. In his first three seasons as Washington State's head coach, Mike Leach went three and nine, six and seven, and three and nine. So I think that for Washington State fans, you should still believe in Jake Dicker. Why? Not because Mike Leach had an identical record there. They were coaching in different eras. It is reflective, though. I am not saying Jake Dicker is going to have a season like Mike Leach did. So if everything were to go right, you never know. Depends on what they do at quarterback after Cam Ward departs. Don't forget, by the way, Dickert was a head coach and had the offense coordinator there that brought in Cam Ward, who's an NFL caliber quarterback. I think the challenges that each coach faced were different, but still present as Washington State's head man. Leach took over a worse program. It was a dumpster fire. Like 07 to 2010, Washington State was the I mean, I mean, they were the bottom of the league. They put some, they put some bad teams out on out on the field, and he changed the standard, elevated the standard, to where just winning a few games wasn't enough. Just making a bowl game isn't necessarily enough. Dickert, on the other hand, took over a stronger program, but is dealing with NIL and the transfer portal, and Washington State is severely disadvantaged in this particular situation. So, my take on Jake Dickert is, if you see at Washington State, glimpses of potential, which he's absolutely shown. Okay, this is a guy who beat Washington in 2021 in the Apple Cup. That hadn't happened. Mike Leach didn't do that, by the way. Never beat Washington, at least if memory serves. Correct me if I'm wrong, Cougar fans. But Mike Leach did not beat Washington or didn't beat him more than once. Jake Dick Dickert did that in his first year. I know Washington wasn't as good, but in theory, Washington should never lose to Washington State. But Dickert went into Seattle and won emphatically. That was really impressive. Okay, that's a sign. The Wisconsin wins, once on the road, once at home, is a sign that you can build a sustainable program. Those are marquee wins for Washington State over the course of three different seasons. Two different quarterbacks, a lot of different players, only guys that were there the whole time, Brandon Jackson and Ron Stone Jr., really good ones to be sure. He develops a clear identity with his teams, which is they are defensively led, and they play really, really hard and really aggressively. Sometimes they get burned, but that's the way that they play. And I think for Jake Dickert, I would not be in any way thinking right now about you know, trying to go in a different direction or secretly wanting to get a job somewhere else because I think he has shown – 
that as a head coach for Washington State football, he has not hit his ceiling yet. I think he's hitting his floor right now. Six straight losses on the precipice of missing a bowl game after a 4-0 start. I think that's the floor. And we'll see what happens with Washington State conference-wise. But the way he leads the program, the results he has delivered, leads me to believe he's still got another gear. That there is more he can accomplish. That they can be even better while at Washington State. The unfortunate reality, and it's exaggerated in the NIL transfer portal world, is you're not going to be able to win every single season. I think Washington State fans have a good understanding of that. So yeah, this year's a bummer because it started off and you're looking at a Pac-12 championship caliber team. That's the way that they were playing. And to bottom out this hard is, to put it bluntly, Coogan it. It's Coogan it. It absolutely is. This is just one of the realities of the college football world. Though. Look, look at Matt Campbell at Iowa State, for instance. Iowa State is in the midst of a good season. They're, I think, three or I think they're like five and two in Big 12 play this year. Matt Cannon or Matt Campbell had some had some down years. Right. They're the number two program in their own state. Small town, not a rich tradition. Getting to a New Year's Six Bowl game would be a huge, huge deal, as it was for Matt Campbell in, in the COVID year when they beat Oregon. Just because a coach that has showed potential is having a down sequence does not mean that you should lose faith. You should have context as to, okay, how do we respond? What happens with our program the next year going forward? But I would not lose confidence in him because this is just the way the college football world works. And it sucks. But when you are a have-not kind of program, you have to bake into the cake, even if you have a good or great head coach, that there are going to be some down years. Okay, Oregon this year. Washington State is just not going to beat that team at Oxen Stadium. They're just not. It's, it's not, Oregon's got too much talent, right? So sometimes you're going to run into teams like that. But if Jake Dickert finds all the ingredients and puts it together in an effective way, yeah, I think he could have a, a conference championship caliber season if you gave him an extended run. So I think he's shown enough. It's certainly, you know, a, a feather out of his cap that they've lost six games in a row. That shouldn't, that, that, that's not okay. That like, that's not okay. But I don't, I think that's the floor for Jake Dickert is still, you know, what is looking like it's going to be what I think a five and seven season. If that's the floor at Washington state, I think you're in a good spot. And I think he's the right guy for the job right now. Appreciate everyone listening. I'll see you next time. And until then, hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Hey, prime members, you can listen to this locked on podcast ad free on Amazon music. Download the Amazon music app today.